I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. Hello, and good morning from us. If you can hear our sleepy voices, we are recording early today, but we are happy to be here. We are so excited. Yes, we're like trying to wake up our voices before this. We're like, we can't sound like we just (laughs) woke up, but um, we do sound like we just woke up. So get over it. The real (laughs) authentic deal from us. Yes. And I think we're just going to get straight to it today. We have an episode that has been requested that we've talked about doing since the beginning. We've mentioned aspects of it throughout a lot of our other episodes, but we specifically want to talk about Sabbath today and rest. And is it something that we have to do as New Testament believers under the new covenant? Is it something that is a law that's like difficult to practice? What does it look like? Yeah, that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. And when I was thinking about this episode, I was thinking like we've talked about a lot of aspects of the importance of rest, but I think this will be a cool landing place for all of those thoughts Mm -hmm. and for it to just be a little bit more articulated. And so I'm excited to go over this. This is uh, something... Katie and I have not mastered. <laughs> we are working on it. We really yes. are. I feel like though there have been times in my life that I've been good at this. Yeah. And it's one of those things that kind of grows and stretches and changes with every season, which we will get to. Yes. But this episode is going to have a lot of biblical and historical context, and which is the stuff that we love and nerd out over. So mm-hmm. bear with us and get excited. And to talk about rest, we actually have to start with the very beginning In Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, it talks about God creating the world, his six-day work of creation, speaking life into existence. And the word Shabbat or Sabbath is actually used for the first time when it says that God rested on the seventh day. And that word is literally like ceasing, stopping, putting work aside, taking an intentional break from work. But there's an entirely different kind of rest that comes up in Genesis 2 when God makes mankind. Immediately after he makes them and fashions them, he takes them and settles them. And that word for settle uh, is actually indicative of rest, but a rest that's sort of more like dwelling. Mm -hmm. So it means if you can picture sort of like resting with your loved ones, imagine like, you know, sitting around a dinner table, like you're not not doing anything. um, You're talking you're working, maybe you're cooking food, whatever that is, like it's intimate and it's involved. And it's kind of cool to me that the first thing that God does with mankind is he takes them, he dwells with them Mm -hmm. and causes them to rest in his presence in the garden. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the answer Mm -hmm. to everything we're going to be talking about in this episode. Everything else is overcomplicated. Exactly. Like (laughs) Like this is the simplicity and the beauty of Sabbath. And that is that God intended it to be something that leads us to communion with him, that leads us to just resting in his presence. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like you said, it's the first thing he does. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, you're here. Now let's dwell together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the design from the beginning. That's yeah. the very first. It's not like this thing that we have to add to the bottom of the priority list. Like, okay, right. we set aside a day to like do this. This is what we were made for. This right. is a joyful thing. Like, Rest isn't just this stopping working, like pausing this inconvenience in our time, but it's meant to be dwelling with Mm -hmm. God himself. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's just fruitful. Like you're saying, it's not supposed to be like this total, like 
everything stops, Mm -hmm. nothing gets done and it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. It is supposed to produce something. There's work being done in the Sabbath. And I think that that's amazing. But the whole point of Sabbath really, it just spotlights exactly what the whole point of us being here on earth is. And that Mm -hmm. is to commune with the Lord and Mm -hmm. to dwell with him. And everything else is extra and added because because of the fall or whatever. It's just life has become complicated here. But in at its very root, life here was supposed to be walking in the garden with God. And I think every time we partake in Sabbath, we partake in that walking in the garden with him. Absolutely. It's, it's so beautiful. And to think of it as, I think, especially in our busy, busy, hurry, hurry culture that we live in, it's easy to see this as like a distraction or as taking away from something that we should be focusing on or whatever. But Sabbath is a gift. Like it's a well Mm. to draw from. It's not a small thing. It's not a side thing. Like it is the thing. It is the thing that points us to the source. It is the thing that will fulfill us, right? And not the Sabbath itself, but the communion with God is what is meant to be the only well we draw from to like motivate us and like push us through life. Absolutely. I think of what we were talking about with Mary on the biblical literacy episode of building up that, that well of Mm -hmm. God's word. And so you know it and it's written on your heart and then you go and you act from it. It's the exact same thing with Sabbath. It's those times you spend intentionally dwelling with the Lord and seeking after his heart and just being in communion with him that builds up this storehouse for you Mm -hmm. to use in everyday life in a way that, you know, it's not practical. We aren't in the Bible every second of the day. We yeah. aren't practicing Sabbath every second of the day. And mm-hmm. so in the times when we're not, we get to draw from the resources and the overflow that we have from those times. Yeah, absolutely. So a point about Sabbath that I think is important to note is that at the heart of God's invitation to rest is trust and relational intimacy. So trust uh, definitely applied more. I mean, it still applies today, but definitely applied more in the context of him giving this command to Israel. I mean, in that culture and in that time, just anywhere you were in the world, a six-day work week was completely counterintuitive. Like you don't work, you're not going to eat. You're going to, like, you really have to plan and inconvenience yourself to not work seven days a week in the time and the place that God was giving this initial command. And so trust was involved of God saying, hey, you actually need to depend on me, that you can you can hustle and you can work and you mm-hmm. can provide for yourself, but ultimately I am your source. And if you set aside this day for me, like see how I will bless you, see yeah. what I will do through that. And I think it's still true today. Yeah, absolutely. And that wasn't like, a, you know, set this aside, trust me, but life's going to be hard on this day. It was, I'm going to bring abundance in this. There's going to be fruit because you are trusting me because I am faithful. Mm -hmm. It's not a call to live without, you know? Right. And I can imagine that if you're hearing this for the first time as, you know, an Israelite in 
you're just kind of thinking that's, that's a big ask, like a full day of rest of like, what it seems like laziness, right. Of like feasting and remembrance. Like that's a big ask. That's a big thing for you to require of me. But inherently involved in that is, is trust and is, is a active lesson that God was good, that he loves his people and that he would provide. Yeah. And that's something that he was constantly trying to hammer into the hard, hard heads of the Israelites. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But he wasn't offering it as punishment. He was offering it, like you're saying, as, as a gift, as this beautiful overflow by which to mark his people as holy and separate because of the abundance they had, despite not working and looking like the rest of the, the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like you're saying, it really does play into what we see the Israelites doing all the time. And Mm -hmm. that is, oh, well, let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. And it's like, shut up. God's (laughs) literally sending you fire from the sky and weird, like heaven bread and like stuff like that. And you, I'm tired of the heaven bread. (laughs) Yeah. I'm tired of it. (laughs) Um, it's like, really like, but it shows that God is saying, Hey, I'm taking care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Here's this day where, you know, test me. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like, yeah. uh, hey, put me to the test. Yeah. One day a week. Mm-hmm. Set aside for me. Yeah. See what can happen or see what doesn't happen. You're not going to wither away and die because yeah. you gave one day of your week to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that we see that real real spotlighted with the Israelites, but I mean, look at us. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> we like to laugh at poor little stupid Israel. We're like, you're so dumb. And it's like, <laughs> oh, but I'm, I'm just like you. <laughs> we don't think Israel is stupid, by the way. No. Yeah. So in this trust, one of the things that it does functionally is that it builds relationship. And like we've said, Israel failed at this over and over and over again, but God shows his heart and Mm -hmm. his, his desire and his intention for a relationship with mankind by continuing to offer his people his presence. And he does this a million different ways. He gives them the temple. He gives them the tabernacle. He gives them, you know, all of these signs and wonders. He gives them Jesus and they deny him. Like he gives them constantly, constantly chances to be in his presence because that is his desire and his design for them. And, you know, with that come opportunities to rest and to enjoy his favor. And so Sabbath isn't merely, um, pointing towards our like need for dependence, but it's also pointing towards our design for communion and ultimately functions to point to our need for Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I think, to take this point in a little bit of a different direction, I think about just relationships in general. Mm-hmm. You invest intentional time, um, whether that's a friendship, like, hey, we're going to set aside time to be together, whether that's dating or marriage where you say, hey, <laughs> we're married, but we are still intentionally pursuing each other. And maybe that's a date night, whatever you do. But it's the same with God. We have a relationship with him. And this is that intentional refocusing time Mm -hmm. that we get to spend with him that builds up our relationship with him. And it's not obligatory. It's not a checklist thing. It is something we get to do. It's an opportunity to know our Lord better Mm -hmm. and to spend intentional, set aside, purposeful time with him. Yeah, I love that. 
it's just reframing it in the mm-hmm. way that we think. So we're going to take a little turn in our conversation here. And I think we've established, and there's so much more we could get into, that the history here is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I really encourage you to do a study on Sabbath and Shabbat in the Bible. Like, it's really fascinating. But move to the New Testament, and let's go to the other common thing of, hey, Jesus disregarded the Sabbath. Like, we don't need to do this anymore as yeah. believers because Jesus didn't you know, didn't practice the Sabbath, but that's ignorant right. <laughs> untrue. <laughs> Jesus loved, honored, and practiced the heart of Sabbath continually. And I think one of the best yeah. examples of this is in Matthew 11 through 12. So are you, are you willing to get into this with me a little bit, Katie? Yes. <laughs> um, so also, if you've seen The Chosen, I, I love that show so much, yes. but the way that they portray this is so cool. Like I always am not thinking of this when I'm reading this passage and, you know, that's not your Bible, whatever, but it's a fantastic show. <laughs> yeah. But it's a resource at this point. It's, it's a resource. Really yeah. So we're going to start in Matthew 11 and I just want to read verses 28 through 30. And this I'm going to read just to point to you that Jesus embodied the heart of Sabbath rest, that he was the promise. He was the fulfillment of what God was offering. Yeah. And so he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so encouraging to a people that were downtrodden and oppressed and overworked to the max, right? That he's saying, I've come to lighten, (laughs) to lighten your burden. I've come to give you a new yoke of, of life and abundance funny that this is followed immediately by Matthew 12, where this is one of the famous stories of Jesus kind of irking some Pharisees off about the way that he handles the Sabbath. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to kind of like skip through some passages if you're down for that. Yeah. So what's happening here, Jesus and his disciples are traveling and they pass through some grain fields. It's the Sabbath. So no one's cooking or preparing food at this time and they become hungry. And so they're kind of just like picking grain off the head of the like wheat that they're walking past. And I think, again, I'm going to back up a little bit, some important historical context here. God's command of the Sabbath and the rabbinical rule of Sabbath were two very different things. So when I say rabbinical, like law, I'm saying that people had, you know, the Jewish rabbis Mm. and Pharisees and all this, they had taken and dissected and added to what God had required with the Sabbath. And so they had really broken it down into these crazy specific nuances, like splitting hairs and in a way that completely removed the heart of the Sabbath and actually like brought people down and caused them to burden, um, to be burdened and to like toil under Sabbath. They made Sabbath a burden to bear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think if you look at the information God had given them about Sabbath at this point, it's, you know, keep the Sabbath day holy. And Mm -hmm. they're like, okay, that means we're not going to make bread. We're not going to walk too far. We're not going to, you know what I mean? Like we're not going to walk upstairs. We're not going to do Like there are so many things. And it was like, well, you can do this, but not that. And if you do it in this direction, it's like, blah, blah, blah. Like it was that kind of specific legalistic. Right. It's making God inaccessible Mm -hmm. again, where they're pushing God away through religion mm-hmm. instead of relationship and devotion. Yes. Um, and so we see it's just it's amazing and we're gonna get into it more as we read this passage, but just to see Jesus say, Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm reclaiming that. Yes. So 
they're picking the heads of grain, which this specifically is viewed in rabbinical law as breaking the Sabbath. You are working to feed yourself, which is so funny because it's like whatever you have to eat. So yeah. It's putting any food to your mouth, but it's literally the picking of the grain. And so Pharisees see this. They're like, uh, hey, Jesus, that is unlawful. <laughs> like you are breaking the Sabbath. And they're at this point, they're already like Jesus is in their radar. They're looking for ways to like yeah, trap him, kind of get him tried basically for his like false teachings and whatever that they thought he was teaching. But I'm going to read you what Jesus said to them in response. Have you not read what David did when he became hungry? He and his companions, how he entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone. Or have you not read the law that on the Sabbath, the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. So what this does, and it's ah, such a, such a good passage, but what this is doing is Jesus, like you said, he is reclaiming the Sabbath, but he is also saying, Hey, you have put words in my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Like you put words in my father's mouth. You have condemned the innocent with your haughty religion. And what I have come to do is to remove the need for temple, to remove the need for all of the laws that you have added to the word of my father. And I have come to give people true rest and to give them the opportunity to commune with God himself, which is bigger than the thing that they were even accusing him of trying to do and irked him off even more than what he did originally. So it's so, so good. And Jesus, you know, kind of drops the mic here, says like, hey, I'm Lord of the Sabbath, which that in itself, they're like, excuse me, what did you just say? Like, you use the Lord's name, like you are claiming to be God, like this crazy, like guy from Nazareth. What is he talking about? (laughs) And immediately he like walks around, leaves from there and he goes to their synagogue, (laughs) which is just so great. He goes to their synagogue where he has said, you have condemned the innocent, right? And there's a man there with a like hand that's withering, whatever that means. And then the Pharisees have kind of like followed him there and they're like, Hey, is it lawful to heal? Like they're kind of trying to trap him. Can you heal this man they're on like the Sabbath? They're like you with the withering hand. Yeah. Come over yeah. Here. <laughs> they're like using people's pain to make a point yeah. to trap Jesus. It yes. just shows the heart of, of this. But he said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath who will not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then is it lawful? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he heals the man in front of them. (laughs) And then it says literally the Pharisees went out and they conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. So his heart for his people to heal them, to restore them, to bring them into communion with God is the heart of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He's saying it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath because my father is good. Yeah, Like he is good and I'm bringing his spirit and his spirit is good and it has work to do. And that is absolutely lawful on the Sabbath because that's the point. Like that's the point of my kingdom on earth. And so again, just to kind of wrap this up in a bow, but the Israelites had become weary under the burden of Sabbath, which was not God's design. And Jesus came to offer them life, including redeeming Sabbath. He restored Sabbath to mean unity with God, unity with others, and with the natural order of creation in the way God designed it. He came to bring rest. Yeah. And rest in the true sense Mm -hmm. of, I think about what Sabbath now is for that man with the withering hand. Like he 
was healed and he spent that moment with Jesus and then got to see Jesus absolutely mop the floor with the Pharisees. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean for that man now? Like I spent this time with the Lord. I encountered Mm -hmm. God incarnate. He healed me. He set me free from affliction Mm -hmm. all on the Sabbath. And what do I do with this now? Yeah. You know what I mean? This man's in the synagogue. He's, he probably holds the same view as the Pharisees on the Sabbath. Yeah. And now he's confronted with the Savior who just kind of flipped the paradigm a little bit, not a little bit fully, you yeah. know. And I just think to kind of like make it personal for this guy, like what does Sabbath mean for this man now? Like it's the day he was I can't even imagine. healed. Yeah. And I don't know, there's so much beauty in that. This is all kind of making me think too, a different like kind of angle of practical application here. But when we see like so much church hurt, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and so many people who are angry at religion, angry at Christianity that say they're angry at God. I I would imagine that there's a big component that they have not experienced the rest and the the actual heart of God to reveal himself to us, to restore us and to invite us in to his presence. Like so much pain and hurt has been caused by exactly like these Pharisees, religion, which I'm not like bashing Christianity. Right, right. I'm just saying that like we, we all know examples of places and leaders that have done this wrong. And you know, people feel chewed up and spit out or they feel yeah. like they're just a checkbox on someone's list. Like yeah. you're only texting me because you're trying to like get me back to church or like those yeah. kind of things. Right. <laughs> but I think if we as believers who genuinely love God, we're able to reframe this and pr- we're able to bring this like theology and this mm. idea into the way that we communicate with not only non-believers, but like believers who have walked away. Yeah. That this is this is what everyone is looking for. We're all looking to be refreshed. We know that we're not living the way we were designed to. Yeah. We know that the world doesn't look like it's supposed to. We we can see that like, what is the point? Like Ecclesiastes, right? Like toil and vanity and all this stuff. Like, what is the point? And God is saying, hey, I have like offered you restoration in this life. Like not just yeah. heaven. We're not just like here and hunkering down until we die. He's saying like, I'm bringing my kingdom to earth. I'm offering you rest and the fullness of my presence yeah. while you walk here on the earth. Like that is healing. That's a healing, beautiful message. And Jesus was preaching it from the earliest days of his ministry. So yeah. I don't know if that was all scattered, but just no. something I'm thinking about. I think while you're saying that, I think about wherever that verse is at. So we'll see your goodness in the land of mm-hmm. the living. Like we don't have to wait to experience the Lord. And I think that maybe a temptation for some Christians is to say, well, you know, life on earth is hard. And one day it's not my home, you know, I'll make it to heaven and Mm -hmm. it'll be different and it'll be better. But for now, I'll just have to suffer through. And that is not how God designed it. You know, obviously home is heaven. Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to live in full communion with the Lord. But here we get to partake in that. And I think we do that through moments of Sabbath as Mm -hmm. well as, you know, we, you know, we talk about Sabbath in the context of a day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we can also partake in these 
like moments mm-hmm. of resting and dwelling and Sabbath with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get to experience his goodness here. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we strip that, we take away the potency of mm-hmm. God <laughs> and yeah. we say that, you know, you don't refresh me. I don't feel joy in your presence. I don't, you know, all of these things. And it's like, well, you're not practicing Sabbath. You're not resting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anybody's going to get burnt out and tired and weary when they're constantly depending on themselves. Like, yeah, you cannot rest if you are self-dependent. You can't. Like, there's there's no room for it. And I know I struggle with this. Absolutely. Like, this is something I'm tempted with all the time is thinking that I can, you know, accomplish everything I need to and then I can rest and like come to God and whatever. Yeah. And the order there is flipped. Like, I think you had mentioned this earlier in the episode or maybe you like wrote it in our notes and we didn't mm-hmm. actually talk about it. But the idea that Sabbath isn't just like this like end cap to a week. It's not just like something that is like, oh, finally I get to rest because I've done all this work. Like yeah. it's actually the place from which we start. Yeah. It's actually the beginning. We flip it around in our heads so much where we say like, okay, I'll do all this and then I come to you. Like, no, that's not faith. That's not trust. That's not rest. Yeah. That is self-dependence. And so it's not like an actual order of things like, oh, you have to do it on Mondays now because that's yeah. the your week, right? It's it's more like you're saying, it's these moments, it's this heart posture of saying, yeah, okay, Lord, you first, like you first. It's, it's everything else can wait. You are my source. And yeah. it's a humbling thing. <laughs> I think if I could take the liberty to kind of swim in the definition of Shabbat for a moment, <laughs> it would, you know. Us Hebrew scholars here. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I'm just thinking about this and how, you know, we said in the beginning, it means to cease, end, or rest. And I think that we could take it a step further and say it's where our self-dependence ends. Yes. And where our self-dependence ceases. Mm-hmm. And um, when those things cease that's when we're experiencing Sabbath. And that's the whole point of what we're saying here is Sabbath can be experienced all the time. Absolutely. (laughs) And so when we allow ourselves to stop the striving and cease the forever trying to climb the ladder up to God and build another tower up to heaven, (laughs) we get to experience him. We get to experience his presence. And that is that is Shabbat, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. So this all leads us to the question, what does Sabbath look like today? Like, what does this actually mean? Because we've said it a lot. We've kind of hinted at it. But I would like to make the case that the whole narrative of the Bible speaks to Sabbath as being necessary mm-hmm. uh, and the holy purpose of Sabbath rather than the details of how it is practiced. And, you know, Old Testament, like Sabbath laws and things like that, they're, they're wise. Like there's mm-hmm. some serious wisdom to like the rhythm. And I don't know if you've ever like looked into or studied like what Sabbath, what like Shabbat looks like in Judaism. And again, I'm going to like highlight the chosen. Cause that was yeah. actually kind of my first, like I knew little bits and pieces, but like watching mm-hmm. Sabbath be practiced, like a Sabbath meal and everything. Like there's something so beautiful to the, like the specific prayers and to yeah. the like, ritual and the fam, like the community element of it and the like remembrance. There's, there's so many things about it that are so beautiful that we just don't have anything like it in our culture. So, you know, those things are beautiful and there's value to them, but we are not held to the letter of those things as, 
as believers. So there's room. There's room for us to practice these things. Yeah. But I would argue, kind of like you were saying before, Katie, you were talking about it being, you can you can have moments. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's not just something that's, um, you know, a day. But I think that whatever it is for whatever season of life you're in, that it needs to be something that really calls you to be dependent. Yeah. And so I've heard of a lot of different examples like of this. And um, one that I've heard is, uh, I, I think this, it was a friend I have or someone's friend. I don't remember exactly because this is a long time ago that I heard it. But they're in their family. Oh, no, this wasn't a friend I had. I remember now who it was. That they, their family, they were not allowed to do homework on Sundays as children. So if they didn't get their homework done before Sunday morning, it was going to be late or they were going to wake up early Monday to do it. And that was just like, it wasn't their parents saying like being super legalistic. They Mm -hmm. were just saying like, we don't, we don't do that. Like mom and dad aren't going to go to work. We're not going to like go toil in the yard all day. We're not going to do those things. Like Sunday, we're going to go to church. We're going to (laughs) nap as a family. We're going to make dinner. We're going to enjoy. We're going to watch a movie, whatever it is. Like we are going to purely leave this day for resting and focusing on family and on the Lord. And I like remember hearing that and just being like, whoa, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> classic Sunday night homework procrastinator here. <laughs> I was the queen. In my prime. <laughs> um, but I love that. I love that as like a, a way to, as a child, learn that lesson, but as a family to like actually model yeah. the importance of that and the rhythm of that for your children. Like, I would just imagine that if that's something you grew up with every single week, that you have no choice but to like value or at least consider that or at least be used to it as you grow older and have your own rhythms. Absolutely. And I think maybe our natural inclination Mm -hmm. (laughs) when we think of Sabbath is, I know at least for me, my first thought is, all right, what do I need to take away? What Mm -hmm. do I need to remove from my plate? What do I need to stop doing? And I think maybe the question we need to start asking is, what do I need to add? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that And I'm not saying, what do I need to add? Like another thing to do. But like what perspective do I need to take on for that day? Mm -hmm. What attitude do I need to be walking in when I'm, you know, taking part in all these things? Because at least I know for me, like my Sundays, that is my day off. But I go to church. I do high school ministry. I do. You know what I mean? Like there are things Mm -hmm. and it's all good. And it all has the potential to absolutely put me in a place where I dwell with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so being intentional to be in that and to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in those things. And so that's what I mean when I say Sabbath could be maybe adding something to your day, Mm -hmm. whatever your day is. Maybe you don't have to give up everything. (laughs) Just walk in a right heart posture before the Lord. And sometimes that does mean like, oh, I go and I do this every single Sunday and maybe I, maybe I need, maybe I can cut that mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, I mean, super practically though, like you shouldn't be working every day. Yeah. Simply like as a believer, yes. like, and if you have to work every day, you know, obviously there's grace and there's room for that, but something that, um, like Will and I've done in the past that, you know, we probably could be better about doing now, but something that we've done in the past is simply like Friday after he gets home from work through like Saturday at noon. That's like, our time that we don't plan anything. We don't like add work to our loads of like what we're doing at home or anything like that. So what we would do is like, he would come home from work. We would go on a walk as a family. We would make dinner together, whatever that is. And then the joke in our family, because 
my husband really loves to like be busy around the house and stuff is that he has until like afternoon on Saturday, he can do what he wants. Like we can, he can do those projects and whatever that is. But until noon, like that is our like fast rule for ourselves that we're going to go get breakfast. We're going to wake up early and do our devotions together and make coffee the like fancy way. Or we're going to, you know, whatever (laughs) that is, like we're going to spend that time reflecting and enjoying each other. And so that's not like a whole day that we're not doing any work, right. but it's a, it's a set period of like time. It's in our intentional. Lives. It's intentional. And again, doesn't even have to look like that, yeah. but just there should be, there should be time that you are setting aside however that looks and whatever it looks like for you and your unique circumstances. But yeah, I, I don't think we really have an excuse to not find this somewhere. Yeah. And if not, maybe reevaluate and maybe reevaluate your dependence on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously this looks so different in different seasons of life. And we're not here to say like, all right, if you're a mom, this is how it looks. And if you're a teen, this is how it looks. Mm-hmm. But it does look different. Yeah. You do have more time available to set aside in certain seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that season, you know you're in that season. Right. Or if you're not in that season, you definitely know you're not in that season. Mm-hmm. And so just look at your schedule. Look at your life. Be present in moments mm-hmm. to see that this is an opportunity for me to take some holy rest mm-hmm. <laughs> and take it. Yeah. Don't set it aside for later. Do it. Yeah. You know? And it it also shouldn't, like, there should be an element to Sabbath that is, like, refreshing. Like, there should yes. be an element of it that you are filling your cup, whatever way that is, right, of meals with family or, you know, going on a walk at the beach or whatever it is for you, like whatever season of life you're in. But it's vital to not forget that this is meant to be communion with God. And so um, I would just encourage you not to neglect that aspect. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, we're done for today. We're done for today. (laughs) Well, we're done for this episode. We're we're about (laughs) to record another. But um, I think that this is a cool episode. I definitely feel like I I'm I feel excited to yeah. like reinstitute Sabbath. Isn't that the exciting thing though about like God and his laws? Is they're they're not this oppressive yeah. thing. Like they're and we have fresh opportunities all the time mm-hmm. to like return our focus and to correct the ways that we've gone wrong. Yeah. And this is just another example of that where I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling exactly like you are, where I'm yeah. motivated and I'm excited. And I'm like, how yes. can we, in this new time of life that I'm in, like, how can I make this something that is like a gift to my family? Right. And something that is life giving. Yeah. I'm already, I'm just sitting here thinking about my Sundays. Like, how can I make it really intentional? Like, I don't know. It's exciting. It's energizing. It is. For our walks with the Lord. And we hope it was the same for you. Um, yeah. But we, as always, want to extend the offer of our time. Uh, email us, our please. Communic- email us, please. <laughs> We're starting to sound so desperate. Like, Simpin over this email. Please email. Um, yeah, no, but really, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. Our email is thekatiespodcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is at thekatiespodcast. And then we also have a Patreon, which I'll link below. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. We love you guys. As always, it's a joy to spend our mornings with you. Yeah. And it's just really kind of an honor that 
there's those of you that we can see here tuning in every single time yeah. we release an episode and that's just crazy to us. And yeah, we do this for you. So we are thankful and um, let us know how we can best serve you. Reach out to us at any of those uh, platforms and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Yes. Bye. Bye.